Blog Talk Radio. Pajamaparty.com on a live stream. I want to talk to that Papa Didi myself. 
I'm going to hit him up. It's on 914-803-4306. Once again, that's 914-803-4306. And you should too. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. One of your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Some red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ah, let's see. Hot topics. I'm going to jump in here first. Let's talk about the coronavirus. Um, now, I want to start out by saying I saw an interesting article, a uh, story, rather, about the name coronavirus. Apparently, there are those who thought, because it sounds like the beer, that the coronavirus was somehow connected to the beer corona. So it, uh, it turns out that the, whoever the company is that makes corona, their stock went down because people were connecting the coronavirus to corona beer. So, of course, the virus is a bad thing, so the stock prices went down on the value of corona beer. And I guess, you know, it seems like it makes sense because it's corona is in the name. But just to make sure everybody's clear, coronavirus has nothing to do with corona beer. Absolutely nothing. I don't know why it was called coronavirus, but it has nothing to do with the beer. Okay, so that being said, on today, the United States has declared a public health emergency because of the virus, the coronavirus that's hit China. Uh, health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar announced today that Trump is going to temporarily bar entry into the U.S. of uh, foreign nationals that are believed to be at risk of transmitting the virus. And these new restrictions are going to go into effect on this Sunday afternoon. Um, Now, they're saying at, at the CDC and Health and Human Services, they're saying that the risk of infection for Americans is still remaining low, and that, you know, the previous actions that people have been taking and everything they're doing, taking precautions, that the risk is low. But yet, people are panicked. And I can't say I blame them. People have died from this disease. Uh, Americans returning from the Hubei province, which is the center of the outbreak in China, are being required to undergo 14 days of quarantine and other people returning from other places in China will be allowed to self-monitor their condition for a similar period. Now, I'm concerned about that, because if you tell people, well, you need to self-monitor for 14 days, are we really trusting people to do that? Keep monitoring your temperature and all of that? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if you really want to monitor people, you need to just quarantine Anybody who looks like they could be a potential, I don't want to say victim, but, you know, a potential carrier or something. So uh, the U.S. is also going to begin funneling all flights to the U.S. from China to seven major airports so that the passengers can be screened for this virus. Now, so far, the virus has affected about 10,000 people globally in just two months. And it's, uh, of course, that's a bad sign for the World Health Organization since they've declared it, you know, or they're in on the national emergency declaration. Uh, The death toll 
is standing at 213 at this point, and that includes 43 new fatalities, all of which occurred in China. So the State Department has issued a Level 4 Do Not Travel Advisory, which is the highest grade of warning, and they've told Americans that are in China to consider departing using commercial means. I'm not sure what that means, the commercial means. Wouldn't they be departing on commercial flights anyway? Uh, it says travelers should be prepared for travel restrictions that go into effect with little or, or no advance notice. So some of the airlines who are suspending flights include Delta, American Airlines, and uh, United. So the airlines are now, you know, suspending various flights between the U.S. and China. I get, you know, they're just trying to lock it down. I know there was a cruise ship that was involved, and they had to quarantine the people when they got off. Well, when they got off the ship and put them on a plane, and they immediately quarantined all of those people. But this thing, I mean, I I said it before, it's starting to look like that movie Outbreak. You know, they thought they had it under control. They were trying to work on um, a vaccine or a cure or something to get this thing under control. But as of what I've been hearing, that hasn't happened yet. Now they're concerned because at least one person who was, I don't know if the woman was infected, but they said that someone has now transmitted it to someone else, a person-to-person -person transmission. So if that can happen, this could get really, really out of hand. I was going to ask, where did it originate from? It originated in China. It was one particular okay. province in China. Now, I did see a report the other night where some of the areas in other parts of China, they are blockading themselves so that other people who are not uh who don't live in that particular area cannot get mm -hmm. in. I, I mean okay. physical blockades and they've got people who live in the in that community, I guess altering standing guard at the blockade. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. not playing. Interesting. They're like if you yeah. don't live back here and you aren't already sick, don't come back here. Right, it makes sense. I mean, who would want to visit if everybody else is sick? Why would I go into an environment like that? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, I mean, I'm trying to remember the movie Outbreak. I mean, what did somebody cause that in the laboratory and just spreaded it or sprayed it or something? Or I, I can't remember. I don't recall. Do you, remember? I, mm -hmm. you remember Papa Didi? How did it get started in Outbreak? The guy brought a monkey in from somewhere. That's what it was. Oh. It was an infected monkey. And the gotcha. monkey got loose. And I he think it bit somebody or something. Uh, I don't deliver? think so. He snuck it in as a pet. Oh, okay, I got you. Uh -huh. It was like an mm -hmm. unauthorized, you know, wild animal or something like that. The monkey right. got loose and bit somebody or something, and then it just started to, you know, get passed around. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I just hope it's not, you know, movies coming to life. Yeah, sometimes that's what happens. You know, <clears throat> I can't remember the, um, the last virus thing they had because that was about 2014, around that time. That was SARS. 
Okay, SARS, okay. Yeah, I don't recall what it stood for, but S-A-R-S. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then there was the bird flu. I don't. I think the bird flu might have been before SARS. Uh huh. So always something. Every four or five years, it just seems like always something. Right. Well, you know, I'll, I'll just say this. Here's my conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this was not something that was concocted. Because mm-hmm. you remember how all of the young people in China have been protesting against the government? And they've been oh. fighting hard. Right? Yeah, they've been out there sure. day and night, around the clock. The government has been putting water cannons, doing everything they can to get those kids to, like, shut that protest down. And they're not relinquishing at all. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden, this comes up, and they tell everybody mm-hmm. you need to avoid being in groups large groups of people because you can spread it that way. And when you say mm-hmm. that, now when you look at a protest, that's nothing but a large group of people who you don't know right. and you're all in the mix with. So I haven't heard anything about those protests since we found out about the coronavirus. Has anybody heard anything mm-hmm. about the protests still happening? No, I and haven't. Do you think it's a coincidence? You might have a good point there, everyone. Yeah. I'm just you saying, you know, that, that. that kind of dictatorship government, I don't put things like that past them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess we have to keep continue to monitor that, see what happens, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. We'll move on. All right. <laughs> there you go. That was a good story. Um, okay, this next one here is this is this has blown everybody's mind on this. This is a Merlin cop, uh, Prince George's County, was charged with murder of a man that he shot seven times inside of his own cruiser. Um, was charged with murder after authorities say he shot an unarmed man seven times and the man was handcuffed. Um Prince George's County Police Corporal uh, Michael Owen Jr. is also facing manslaughter and associated weapons charges in the fatal shooting hmm, of 43-year-old William Howard Green in Temple Hills. Um, Goes on the same thing. Monday, Owen and another officer responded to reports of a, a car slamming into a parked car, parked vehicles, citing a police uh, spokesperson. The officers found Green, the car's driver, in the handcuff and handcuffed him. They believed um, he was under the influence of substance and called for drug recognition experts. Um, there's no reason why a handcuffed person should ever be shot multiple times by a police officer, let alone multiple times inside of a patrol car. Anything short of that assessment would just demonstrate complete lack of respect for human life. Wow. Video footage of the incident is not available, of course, not yet. Um, The guy was not wearing his body camera, unlike some officers in the police department. Yep. Body cameras are not available for all patrol officers within the uh, county police department. The funding, and they said it just cost so much. Um, Wow. And they said it's not uncommon to see somebody in the front seat of a cruiser. 
it gives all of us better control of the person, and he has uh, been a practice in the department of years, and you know, for years. But you know, it's, it's nothing new to put them in the front. But my thing is, especially if you're driving, why would you put a suspect in the front? They might, you know, try to do something to you while you're driving. So I didn't yeah, understand, I don't understand that. that. <clears throat> right, that just doesn't make sense. It's just too many red flags. Um, you know, the body camera has not worn. Um, and uh, they said some incidents like this has happened before with him. But I don't think the person died. Uh, so, um, but seven shots of a handcuffed man? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. What do you think about it, Papa? What's your take on it? I'm still trying to figure out what, what initiated everything, you know, because when it first came out, it was sort of like you didn't really realize what was happening because it was such local news, you know, because it happened in in, in the particular area that we uh, near the area that we broadcast from. So it wasn't like something we heard from in Wisconsin. You know? So we we're familiar with the whole situation, the scenario of the the police force and what have you, and maybe even the neighborhood. So kind of you're trying to figure out what what went wrong or what did, what did he do to provoke it? But no matter what he done, sitting there in handcuffs, you know, you can't. You have to restrain yourself. You know, I think that's one of the one of the values of being a good police officer is to minimize the situation despite what happens. I know when somebody spits on you or something like that, you know, you can you could be really pissed at that moment. But but such is life, you know. We really have to preserve how we react on things today because you know for reasons for repercussions of the situation also for your health situation as well sometimes you got to watch how you react based on what's going to affect your health at that particular time because whatever goes up must come down that's blood pressure and everything else you know so uh, mm-hmm. something something provoked to him and he just went in hard you know he pulled yeah. out his gun and just and he just maliciously uh Went in with this guy. I don't know if he thought being a police officer would be justified, but the man sitting there mm-hmm. in, in handcuffs, you just slaughtered him, really. So, and uh, Prince George County Police didn't hesitate in charging the man. You know, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Mhm. They have to. You know, they're pretty close up there when it comes to all the people that was connected. You know, you have uh, the, the, the young yeah, lady. Also, Brooks. She jumped on Arthur that Brooks thing. Is, she's the current uh, the executive. executive or the, I don't know. Prince George County executive. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other lady uh, who took her place, a uh, lady named Brave Boy. Brave Boy is the lead prosecutor, and that's the job that uh, that also Brooks used to have. She used to be the lead prosecutor. Now she's the uh, Mercy, I mean, Mercy, she's the uh Prince George County. County County Executive and the young lady that took her place has her old job, so but they they were swift in doing that. When you got the county executive, the the lead prosecutor, the chief of police and all all pursuing it when it comes to that charge and initiating it, man, I tell you yeah. they they lasso that cop. They they lasso that cop in record breaking time. You know, as opposed yeah. to going to investigate My thing is I th- I think he's been in trouble before, and they probably didn't reprimand him, so they said, like, this is it. He's gone. Yeah, a young lady came forward. 
Thomas. The young mm-hmm. lady came forward that he had react uh, that he had harassed about a year ago. She uh-huh. said he really dogged her out and really scared the daylights out of her. And she reported, and they kind of, you know, like like they they normally do, they tiptoed mm-hmm. around the situation. But uh, right. like you said, once when his, once his name cropped up again was major like that, I guess they didn't want to mm-hmm. drop the ball for a second time. So, right. so they yeah. want to pursue it. Yeah, they wanted to cover their own ass for sure. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that family is going to sue. Yeah, that goes oh, without yeah. saying. Although it doesn't bring back your family member, no matter how much money you get. You know, right. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to be lucrative enough to make you ease up, but you know, sometimes you'd rather have your family member back and still be still be poor. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What is the world coming to? I'm telling you, it's getting rough out here. It really is. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll keep it moving. All right. Over to you, Papa Diddy. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Let's talk about. Oh, let's talk about your boy. My boy. Yeah, your boy. I have here that the Senate uh, Republicans block witnesses in a Trump uh, impeachment trial. Yeah. What a surprise, right? Yeah, this is pretty interesting because it does make sense uh, for us to put forth the effort of all this. And usually you don't even know what the the Senate or the House even does for a living, you know. And then when they are on display as far as what they're supposed to do as far as responsibilities of life, everything is cut and dry and barbaric and you can do what you want to do and everybody sides with one another. Nobody has their own opinion. And and going forward, I think people should, I think the constituents of different people should, should really look and see where this is going as far as whether or not they want to elect somebody in the future. But everybody's so brainwashed, you know. Same old people vote for the same old people because when it comes to people like Mitch McConnell, you can't tell me that he has his own people voting for him, you know. And just like the other gentleman from South Carolina, um, what's his name? Oh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. They all they all have their own people voting for him. There's no way that these jerk offs can become elected every what six years I think senators have. There's no way they can be elected every six years and not have their own little pocket of people that uh, that's responsible for putting them back in office, you know. And it's just unbelievable. I don't know. It's just, But they're from different adverse places. You know, I think McConnell's from Kentucky, if I'm mistaken, or something like that. He's he's from some off-brand place, you know, that's, uh, that, that generally that's full of people that looks like him and acts like him for that matter. But the impeachment trial of... Uh, President Donald Trump will be the uh, first such trial in U.S. history to feature no witness testimonies, okay, after the Senate Republicans voted on Friday against hearing any of the uh, firsthand witnesses of the president's conduct. And I'm sure Trump is jumping for joy for that. You know, imagine your own self. You, you, you're, you're up for any kind of trial in your own life, and they're going to tell you, well, the people that witnessed your crime cannot testify. So what the hell? Well, so are you going to be convicted? I doubt it because there's no proof of anything going on. So, And even the one gentleman, uh, Burton, I believe his name is, he's willing to come forward, you know, because he wrote in his book and everything. And, you know, for, for people to be so um, so adamant in blocking the truth like that, 
or blocking what's true reality of what really went down. That's got to be some vicious stuff, man. Either you're scared as hell and doing what you can do to stop something. You know, it's so interesting that when you got big money like Trump and being a billionaire, but you're scared as hell at the same time, so you'll spend so much money to to keep yourself in perspective because people don't realize, you know, we learned that with O.J. Simpson trial. You know, you're putting your – the price of freedom can be very expensive. And and you really don't care as a rich person. When I say rich, I mean like a billionaire like Trump. You don't really care if it costs you, you know, $80 million to, mm-hmm. to, to stay free because freedom is so precious. Believe me. I mean, you ask any – if you could talk to a slave or something, somebody of that nature, you know, years ago, go back in time and bring them full circle and ask them what's the price of freedom. You know, freedom is just so – it's priceless, you know. And I think that – one thing that rich folk in Trump status, billionaires, that's all they spend their money on is legal defense. You know, they they may be cheesy and talk a lot of stuff going forward in life, but when it comes to legal defense and spending money on a lawyer or protecting their ass with some crap like Trump is doing, it's um, spending money is no big deal. You know, because he wants to stay free, he wants to win the election, he wants to finish what he started. Now I wouldn't say so much finish, but completely continue to destroy what he started because if they if they pull him out of office right now it'll take four years to clean up the mess in there you know because mm-hmm. they went in there and just took everything barack had created and just you know they flipped the script you know and you got to keep the world sort of like it's supposed to be you know when you're going somewhere and just flip the script on everything i mean what are you what are you trying to prove what are you what are you doing and that shows the mindset and the people you had and Came in here with a bunch of gangsters from the beginning, and the two guys from the Ukraine is going down with uh, uh, the, the what's the Dylan's name, uh, Rudy Rudy Giuliani, oh, the one that got busted with him. Those two gangsters from the Ukraine looking at them that got busted. That I mean, these guys were hanging with with you know with modern day crooks, and they have to, they have the nerve to speak on how they are uh, professional and polite Republicans. And that they're so sophisticated and so, you know, into the now world. But Rudy Giuliani is hanging out with modern-day thugs, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're they're ratting on Giuliani because they, they're not trying to get in trouble themselves. You know, they got to go to trial in America. So they're over here, like, under some type of sedation where they have to mm-hmm. prepare for trial. So it's just a mess. I mean, it's just an absolute mess. And when you sit back and look at it, sometimes look at something, go up top and look at something from a helicopter view. And see what's really going on with it. And, you know, the world is just its just a mess. The division of the world, the way people are, you know, some people are supporting Trump's uh, anger and the way he, he is and the way it's just, it's just going to show that these, this is what these people really are. This is who they really are. And now they finally got a chance to prove who they really are. It's been a, it's been a case for many years where black folks got blamed for something that people perceive that we are, but but then the people who really have the ability to be who they really are naturally, now that's really being, you know, the whistle. He's he's blowing the dog whistle, and people are answering. They're answering in droves. Now when I meet somebody that's a Trump supporter, I don't even talk to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I move two seats over. They sitting on one table. I go sit on another table because they have some type of internal belief. Like they got to come in and conquer something. And, like, you know, life is too short. I mean, worry about what I'm trying to conquer, what I'm trying to be a – so part of this, so vicious, you know, viciousnesses. I mean, come on, but I'll get off my soapbox on that. But in any event, <laughs> back to the situation with uh, with the whole blockage, you know, as it would be 
the Senate had voted to, uh, but a couple people uh, went on the Democrat side, uh, Mitt Romney and another another person, I think the old lady from Maine, they voted uh, with the Democrats. So they had two people. I think they needed four, five would have put them over the top to uh, balance the scale, but they didn't get what they needed. So right now, the, the, it's, it's really over, to be honest with you. When you have no witnesses on a trial, then and it's actually over. So, you know, they'll start doing the litigation on things. And um, after a while, you know, I give it by the end of next week, they'll say acquitted, acquitted, yada, yada, yada. And, well, uh, they, they say they're going to hopefully have a vote by Wednesday because they've already determined that they're going to acquit him. Mm-hmm. So this has basically been an exercise in futility. You know, like I said, but if there's no witnesses to the crime you committed, then but that's the happens? thing. There were witnesses. No, I'm not. The witnesses are able to. Oh, to talk. testify. Yeah, to mm-hmm. testify. Yeah. So you know, we'll go on and uh, we'll focus on the election in November to see uh, where that leads us, and uh, the saga continues. So the hooking and crooking will continue for another. Well, the rest of this term, and if he gets reelected, God help us. Mm-hmm. Then I Another think four years. I think they stayed some today because they had a thing on the news where somebody broke into Mar-a-Lago, like they were they were chasing him, and and he went through checkpoints and all, and the person still survived. So apparently that was the host. Yeah, they got through two checkpoints. Two checkpoints at Mar-a-Lago with a, a truck. Well, regardless who it was, I mean, if you got into a place where the president is or could be and, you know, then they claim they shot through the windshield, but nobody got hit. I mean, these are sharpshooters that probably shot through the passenger window, and it was staged. I think it was staged. So, I mean, I don't put nothing past, you know, anybody trying to throw distractors out there. What do you think it was, like trying to drum up sympathy or something? Yeah, like, you know, they're after me, and I'm sure he'll speak on it at his next rally. They broke him a place and tried to, you know, they're after me. I'm a miss. I'm, I'm you know, it's yeah. a, a sick And then he'll blame the Democrats and say it was them. Well, I don't think we'll go that far, but he will try to oh, take yeah. the fact that somebody. He's done there. that kind of stuff before. I don't put anything Well, you can't him. really say the Democrats. But you no, know. I mean, no logical, sane person would say that, but that's not Trump. Yeah. Anyway, all right. That's all you got on that. One. Yeah, that's all we got. On that. <laughs> yeah, so. I tell you. Yep. That's Too your much. boy. All right, mm. we're gonna take a quick break, regroup, and we're coming back with the hit it and quit it headlines on the Pajama Party Show. Don't you move. This is Red Wine, and you're listening to WPJP Block Talk Radio Pajama Party. Check out my commentary. I like to call it, I'm just saying, because sometimes I am just saying. It's just my opinion. It's what I think. Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you disagree, call us up. 914-803-4306. Hey, don't forget, they can catch us on uh, Twitter also at uh, com too. What's the number, Papa? 914-803-4306. Uh, I don't know how I got in this studio. Red Wine uh, came in here by himself, and me and Kettle just happened to come here and catch her stealing the airtime. As you, you know, we're trying to do my own promo, and y'all just happened to show up well, up again. Can y'all tell what time? Oh, 9 o'clock, Eastern Time, 8 o'clock, Mountain Time, 7 o'clock, Central Time. No, that's wrong. And 6 
o'clock Western time. <laughs> East West Coast time. Right, okay. right. Either way, so if you're in California, call us at 6, 6 p.m., 7 o'clock if you're hanging out in Colorado somewhere. 7 o'clock, that's Central Time. See, now we got it all. 7, 7 o'clock, you're in. Uh, okay, it's 9 o'clock Eastern. Y'all do the math. Figure out where you are. Check your watch. 9 right. o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Right, okay. Check us out. 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. 9.15 CP time, right? Yep, that's right. CP time, 9.15. There you go. Alright. Alright, bartender. Is that it? Hey. Bartender. Hey, is that Mr. Love? Hey, come on, Mr. Love, Mr. Bartender. I was trying to jiggle my ice in my glass, but it's melting. Oh, jiggle my glass. Welcome back to the John Parimonials, Papa D.W. Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darlings. It's time for the hit it and quit it headlines. Ah. Uh, that's when we bring you another group of stories that we think you might be interested in, and we're going to hit them, and we're going to quit them. So this first one, we reported this story, I think, uh, maybe two weeks or so back about DeAndre Arnold. This is the young man in Texas who was told that he would not be allowed to walk across the stage for his graduation because his locks were too long. It was longer than the school regulation. And they waited until, you know, this late in the year to tell him that it's going to be a problem and he's not going to graduate. So, uh, as that story spreads, uh, Matthew Cherry, producer Matthew Cherry, Gabrielle Union, and Dwayne Wade have assured Mr. Arnold that he is not alone. They, They, being Cherry, Union, and Wade, have surprised Arnold and his mom with an invitation to attend the upcoming Academy Awards as their guest. They want him and his mom to walk the red carpet. They say that the school won't let you walk the stage. You can come and walk the red carpet in Hollywood with us and be oh. our guest. Now, there, uh, Dwayne Wade, Matthew Cherry, and uh, Gabrielle Union are part of a team behind uh, an animated project that they're doing called Hair Love. So that's how they all kind of got behind uh, this brother in Texas and said, mm-hmm. you know, this would be a good thing. So we're going to reach out to him, show him some hair love. So uh, he is going to, he and his mom, they're going to fly them out as their special guest. And uh, mm. it's going to be good. You know, the Oscars are on February 9th. They're going to uh, have them put up the lodging. They got car service. They're doing the the makeup and the wardrobe. They're giving them, like, the celebrity full-blown treatment. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. And he got invited on Ellen's show when um, Alicia Keys was sitting in for Ellen, and Ellen gave him a check for $20,000 because she heard about it. And she wanted to bless this brother. She said, look, here's a check for 20 grand. We feel your plight. People have been, you know, tagging him on social media saying, stand strong, don't cut your locks. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. I think he's starting to get comfortable with the idea that you won't be walking the stage. You'll still get your diploma. But look at what he's getting on the other side of that. So. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. And where is he so from? Shout out to... Shout out to DeAndre Arnold. Mm-hmm. 
and his mama. Y'all doing your thing. Where are they from? Texas. Oh, okay. I have, I'm not sure what the city is, uh, but they're in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that explains enough. Yeah. They're down in the, deep in the heart of Texas. Oh, all right. We got the, um, instead of our usual kitchen list, maybe we need to start a, 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 a another list, do great list, for people that are doing things. Shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out mm-hmm. to him. Shout out to Ellen and Alicia Keys, Matthew Cherry, Dwayne Wade, and Gabrielle Union. Yeah, no, that's right. Represent. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hit and quit it. Over to you, Kettle. What's going on? Oh, all right. This crazy story about Red Fox. Red Fox talks about how the, his this rumor started that he died <clears throat> Um, in the in the uh, helicopter crash um, with Kobe Bryant and his um, daughter, um, he became a part of the story on Sunday when rumors circulated on social media. That stuff will get you in trouble. Saying that he was also in the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant. The rumor was never officially sourced by a news organization or reporter, and it seemed to have originated with someone spreading bad information on Twitter. Nonetheless, amid the confusion and uncertainty over the details of the crash, um, some circulated information saying Fox had also died. So during TNT's special on Kobe Bryant's on Tuesday, Fox spoke about what it was like um, for him, his friends, and his family to endure the pain of the false rumor. Um, just, just think about it. You know, somebody says you died and, you, you know, you... You right here. Um, when you hear him talk about it and understand the uh, momentary pain those close to him experience amid the rumors, media outlets have taken a lot of heat, incorrectly in some cases, for the reporting over the Kobe Bryant situation. But this story was not media driven and should have served as a reminder to everyone to only trust news from reputable sources. And not to spread information from unverified sources. I agree. You know, and that's what it is. Just a rumor. It's like a snowball effect. You know, with the stars, it keeps growing. So, if it's not on anything reputable, don't believe it. You know, because you have to check several sources to me when you are looking at things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so unfortunate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. People you're right, because sometimes that. I see some, yeah, sometimes I see some crazy stories, and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, something you see on social media or something like that. I always have to go look it up, Google it, and see if I can find at least two or three other sources that confirm it. And if all right. I find is one source that I saw it on, I don't believe it. Right. Because they don't understand how it affects other people. I mean, you know, his family. I mean, you know, they see that. They're not sure what's going on. Especially if you haven't talked to somebody in a couple of days and you see this. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, that's very traumatic. So, yeah, people need to stop it. So, all right. Yeah, confirm it before you tweet it and retweet it and repost it. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I think it's a joke. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's nothing funny about that. All right, over to you, Papa Didi. What's going on in the hit it and quit it headlines? Well, I got a story here about your boy uh, Prince Andrew. He's the uh, the elder. Um, I mean, not that old, but he's the the, the older generation of um, the whole England clan. He was uh, linked, as you remember, to the Epstein trial. The fact that when he was in America, he stayed at his house and he he uh, allegedly had sex with a girl like three times, and she's trying to sue the uh, the whole Epstein estate to get money, and she gets she has a picture of of uh, Prince Andrew with his arm around her, and he's denying it, saying I don't know her, and yada yada I yada. I never met her. I never met her, and, <laughs> and they flew him back to England, and they they buried him in the back room, and now they're talking about the. Megan and the other gentleman, uh, her husband, to, I guess, distract the whole situation with him. And, you know, deep down inside, he's such a slinger, you know. Between him and his brother Charles, I tell you, they they must be hung like Shetland ponies because they really have a real big thirst for sex. So they must be really packing some wood between their legs. Anyway, but Prince Andrew, he's angry and claims that uh, he's not, co- that they're saying he's not cooperating with the, uh, Epstein inquiry. Uh, his title is the Duke of York. So the Duke of York is said to be angry and bewildered over the fact that uh, the claims that he has um, failed to cooperate with United States investigators over the Jeffrey Epstein inquiry, saying he has not been approached to speak about the case. And uh, the New York State Attorney, a uh, guy named Gregory Berman, has accused Prince Andrew of uh, zero cooperation, not responding to requests by the FBI and the U.S. lawyers for an interview over his friendship with the uh, disgraced uh, financier financier guy. Uh, what Andrew said is that he stayed with Epstein while he was here for convenience. You know, as far as uh, didn't have to go around town to get a hotel and none of this, and because Epstein had hotels, he had cars, and he didn't mention the fact that Epstein had women. Okay, that was the main convenience he had, the convenience to, to drop your draws as soon as you get in town and get laid real quick, so to speak. But uh, Andrew was uh, more than happy to talk, he says, but uh, he said he hasn't been approached by the FBI or U.S. lawyers about the situation. So the Buckingham Palace refused to comment on uh, his claim, you know, being the fact they're sorting out other things right now with uh, Meghan Markle and... Uh, um, Prince, Harry. Prince Harry They're using that as an alibi Now how did Meghan and Harry Get linked in with his sexual escapades When he's doing his own thing I think he was over in Epstein's house Long before they even got married So now they done pulled them into his story When it's got nothing to do with it But then you know in life And I'll talk about this later in my segment uh, How people get a pass when it comes to either family members or, or just in life You know, Then you got Charles who was Cheating on Princess Di the whole time with that little ugly chick. What's her name? Uh, Camilla. Camilla. My goodness, he was he was that dirt bomb that found found him around for for years, and then they finally got married, and you know, and then Princess Di, she was hanging out with the Egyptian guy when she died. They died together in the, in the car crash, and I mean, you know, what I mean, it's just it's it's vicious, you know, when you got a big family like that and plenty of money. Yeah, powerful well, family. Drama is just like at a premium and you have the ability with the finances to hide drama like Andrews he's all hiding up in places now 
when he's all disgraced because people want to get to the bottom of the situation, so he's trying to lay back and, and avoid being exposed, and he's hiding in the palace somewhere in the back room, and nobody heard from him, so he's, you know, you're focusing on Megan and and uh, Harry, and, you know, you're not speaking on Charles with his little lover turned wife. He upgraded his side piece, but you, you know, it's a mess. It's a mess, you know? You're right. What are you going to do? I guess that's family, you know. Yep. What you going to do? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's deep right there. But I said, these guys really must have a, they have a heavy sexual appetite, boy, because they, they get it in. They get it in. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but, you know, right, my, well, my, we my, a... well, my, well, my one question on that is, why would he take a picture of the girl that he's having sex with? Does that make sense? You're a public figure. Why would you take a picture with the girl? Yeah, you're with his real... arm around her. Yeah, you were real dumb. When, when she was underage, so the picture's right. And, but she's always been, she always looked mature for age, so she's, she was a, a taller girl. So she looked like she's, but she she was only, I think, 17 at the time, and he got his arm around her, and he claimed he never, and then she said they had sex three times, so... Right, but you claim you, know. you never encountered her. Yeah, but you got your arm around yeah. it anyway. Um, okay. Yeah, you don't know anything um, about it. Uh, um, he, yep. he apparently definitely, I guess he uh, yeah. uninstalled the, the penis uh, barometer, so I guess he don't realize okay. where his penis been. And removed the memory mm. chip. And yeah, said, he, I don't have any recollection. Yeah, he got rid of the penis mm-hmm. memory chip. Well, no. We're going to go mm-hmm. to the phone line, pick up a caller before we move on. See what the callers have to say about any of these topics. Caller, welcome to the Pajama Party Show Friday night. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How's everybody? Everybody is everything. Not too bad. Yeah. Well, I What's had on your mind buzzed today? in for one. Well, I buzzed in for one topic, but I want to piggyback off this uh, Prince Andrew thing. Mm. I firmly believe that they allow all of the, like you said, Harry and Meghan drama to overshadow what was really going on with Epstein and Andrew. But Andrew went to his island, and they're they're called that island Lolita Island. Those pictures that the girl has are from that island, the home ah, island. Ah, okay. And, and Lolita uh, one is of them one is of from those names of underage girls. That's what they call underage girls, Lolita. Right. So. So his island is called the Lolita Island. They called his um, private jet the Lolita Express. And what's interesting is Prince Andrew, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, a bunch of people have been on that plane. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And on that island. So I, Yeah, so I believe the chatter was that they allowed to happen to Harry and Meghan, like Papa Didi said, was just to, to kind of drown out some of the the um, press about Andrew. But I think they miscalculated this time. This is not like when Princess Diana died and you didn't have social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not going to let Prince Andrew live this one down. Mm-hmm. Heck no. They're going to plaster that freakazoid to the wall. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this ends up, you know? Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how all of it ends up. 
wasn't he stripped of some of his title or something or not his title they stripped him of his duties gotcha they've basically just told him to go sit down somewhere (laughs) but he's only protected as long as his mother is alive Mm -hmm. because his brother wants him to go away okay charles and Yes, I have never really been one of the royal followers until, of course, Harry married Meghan, and now I have to know what's going on. But um, Prince Charles is said to want all of them who are not doing senior duties to stop milking the royal estates. And he's particularly Mm -hmm. angry with Andrew because this is yet the third scandal from Andrew Mm -hmm. or his extension, his his ex-wife, you know, different things going on that they've had to... Put to bed, but it's going to be interesting to see. So, Papa Didi, I want you to follow it so that I don't have to, and I can just listen to you on Friday night. <laughs> well, who was the oh, one? To if you since you follow the royals, who was the one that was married and divorced, Fergie? That, that was Andrew. Andrew. Okay, Andrew. that was Andrew. All right, because I was wondering, like, okay, so, so Fergie, when she divorced, who did she divorce? All right. Yeah, you know, they had there was a lot of a lot of adultery and mm. things of that nature that happened. You know, I don't know if you remember Fergie's infamous some dude while she was married to Andrew was caught sucking on her toes. Oh no. That happened I years that. ago. I can believe so it, yeah. But Fergie they, was a straight freak too. <laughs> didn't get remarried when they reconnected was Prince Philip, the uh, Queen Elizabeth's husband and Andrew's father. He he um, told them absolutely not. He forbid mm. him to remarry her. I forbid it. Oh, oh, Lord. So they all have issues, but I'm just glad that they're not going to be able to use my girl Megan as a punching bag anymore because anyone who followed her before she got with Harry knew that she was all about positivity and loving yourself and doing good in the mm-hmm. world and I mm-hmm. think the way they painted her was to protect the white boy. Of course. Yeah. At the expense yeah, of right the black woman. So, but yeah. thank you for being on and keeping me entertained and I really appreciate you guys and you know, wish you all the best. Well thank you. Hey, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. Thanks for calling in tonight. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, let's see. Kettle, are you ready for the cocktail of the week, or do you need a CC break to uh, refresh your beverage? No. My beverage has been refreshed. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, okay. You're showing off tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, what this you got for us tonight? Cocktail of the week, is, uh, which is, by the way, brought to you by DC Homegrown, our parent company. Okay. Thank you for that. All right, Kevin, turn it over to you. It's called the Tropical White Sangria, getting you guys ready for the Super Bowl this upcoming Sunday. It's a tropical uh, cocktail. is in an extra fruity twist on the Spanish sangria. Okay, we have two bottles of white wine of your choice, one quart pineapple, two navel oranges, two limes, 
one pack of strawberries, one cinnamon stick, and a plain or flavored seltzer or Sprite. So we're going to um, put all these ingredients into a um, large pitcher and uh, zest two limes and add zest and lime juice in the mixture and the one cinnamon stick. And we're going to refrigerate this overnight. Um, after we do that, then we'll add um, the Sprite or the salsa um, at the end. Then you're going to garnish it with um, some lime wedges. Okay. Sounds pretty good. So serve in a wine glass um, with some cubes of ice and lime wedges. That's the uh, top of it. So it's called the Tropical White Sangria. So check it out on the website. So get you ready for Sunday kickoff. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. I see you happy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I like it. I like it. The tropical white sangria. Okay. I think you had too much. <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting ready. Super Bowl Sunday is coming. But we'll talk about that later. All right. Uh let's see. Well, why you got the mic kettle? You want to shift gears and go to the Hollywood wrap-up? What you want to do? Sure, sure. I might as well go ahead and keep going. Okay. What you got for right. the entertainment news? Don't know if anybody has seen it. It's all the uh, 67th, uh, 62nd Annual Grammy Awards. Um, there were some surprises, but then there were some, I guess, shout-outs. Uh, let's see. Album of the Year. Billie Eilish, she got about five awards. She got the album of the year, the record of the year, Billie Eilish was Bad Guy. Song of the year, Billie Eilish, Bad Guy. New artist of the year, same person, Billie Eilish. Um, The best rap performance, now this was interesting, by Nipsey um, Hussle, um... Hit Boy, and I think um, John Legend, he was on that also, that particular uh, uh, cut. And also Best Rap Sung Performance, I'm sorry, that was DJ Kelly, uh, Nipsey Hussle, and John Legend, that was the one higher. That was for Best Rap um, Sung Performance. Um, also Best Pop was Little Nas and Billy Ray Cyrus, Old Town Road. Hey. <laughs> you know what? Uh, the the gentleman, um, little Nas, he got some backlash from wearing his pink outfit at the Grammys. Who gives a rat? I was not ass? mad at him. I was not I mad at him. I thought he looked good. I, I said, "Boy, go do your thing." Uh uh-uh. uh. And uh, he's also he's um he got a uh, uh, he's doing a commercial for the um, Super Bowl, so you guys will probably see him also too. Um, okay. He said a lot of doors are opening for him, which is great. So from from fifty bucks investment to look at him now. So anyway, um, also Billy Eilish, she is going to sing the latest James Bond uh, song. Oh, for the upcoming um, for the upcoming uh, James Bond movie. I said okay, that's good. Now. She's 
she's the youngest. They said she is the youngest. We've had people like Adele. She sang Skyfall. She won a Grammy for that. Sam Smith. He sang Spectrum in 2015. Madonna. I didn't realize Madonna sang the um, Die Another Day, 2002. And uh, okay. Paul McCarthy. He sang one too. Let live and let die. I was like, okay. And don't forget about uh, Tina Turner. She did one. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what year that was, but she did, yeah. Um, it seemed like everybody that seemed like that does the um, 007 movies, the James Bond, they, they won the awards on that. So, yeah. Shout out to them. That's a good thing. Yep. But the Grammys was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. It wasn't seemed like it was long and drawn out, but it was pretty good. Um, and also, um, Vanessa Bryant, she responded to, um, uh, she said some things on Instagram. She wrote, my girls and I want to thank the millions of people who've shown support and love during this horrific time. And she goes on to say, there aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. We ask that you grant us a respect and privacy. We will need to navigate this new reality. Um, and they said the details of the crash, um, they think it had something to do with the dense fog, um, played a big part in the accident. But um, to me, I, if, I was, if I was a pilot, I would be like, Mr. Bryant, we can't fly. Because any time that they ground um, the um, police department, why are they letting you go up in the sky? That, does, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So mm-hmm. I'm quite, quite sure there's going to be some lawsuits coming out, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, and also um, there are some people that are um, uh, contributing to um, the families um, that pass. They're um, you know going to help them with the arrangements and stuff like that. Thanks, Shaq. Um, he mentioned he usually gives a um, a party around this time, and he's going to say all the proceeds are going to this um, to the families and some other things that people were saying on on uh, Twitter and Facebook. So that's pretty good. Right. I mean, people are coming together finally. Yeah. Yeah, finally. Yep. Unfortunately, it takes something like this to bring people together. Yeah, it does. All right. That's my Hollywood wrap-up. Make it short and sweet tonight. All right. Well, that was a good update. Thank you, Kettle. I appreciate that. You keep me up to date with what's happening in La La Land. All right. You're welcome. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's take a break. And what we're going to do in the next half of the show is we wanted to talk tonight, spend some time talking about loss. Uh, You know, we had Kobe Bryant passed away. All of us just lost a good friend of ours today. And we just wanted to talk about loss, whether it's personal loss or the loss of people that, you know, we see celebrities, people that, you know, you don't really know, but, you you know, you feel like you kind of know them based on their work or the things they've done in their life. So we just wanted to take some time tonight and just talk about that, how we deal with that and, you know, what do you do with that? What do you do with your emotions and when you just don't know what else to do, especially when it's someone that you don't really know? but it it affects you so deeply. So we're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to come back, and uh, let's talk about that. You know, let's get real and talk about that. So we'll be right back, 
in, uh, let's see, in about a minute and a half. Be right back. So I was looking over the Cocktail of the Week archives, and we've had so many really great drinks over the past year and a half. We've had our original signature drink called the Pajama Party and the Game Changer, and of course we have the last word. I like the Revolution. It was Hennessy, lemon and lime juice, agave juice, and bitters with jalapeno slices. Ooh-wee! I like that Crown Royal Flush with the Crown Royal Peach Knock and Cranberry Juice. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorites huh, was the, uh, wait a minute, what's it called? The Dutch Mule. Yeah, the Dutch Mule with the kettle orange vodka, lime juice, and ginger beer. There are so many to choose from on the apajamaparty.com website. So check out the Cocktail of the Week archives to get the recipes. And you can find out how to make the Cocktail of the Week and sip along with us. Are there instructions there, too? Sure they are. Along with pictures of the drink so you know exactly what it's supposed to look like. So what's that y'all got in your glass? This is a boomerang. Uh, well, I got a kinky read over here. And I got the aviator. Get the recipes at www.apajamaparty.com and click on Cocktail of the Week. Cheers! All right, welcome back to John Pryor. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, my darling. How about that? How about that? So, like I said, we wanted to just talk about loss. So, I guess we'll start it out with, uh, let's talk about Kobe Bryant. You know, that, that's been the lead story in the in the area of dealing with loss this week. The loss of a celebrity. Someone that was so beloved. Known to many, you know, in terms of not necessarily that you knew the person, but you knew of the person. People are taking this very hard. Yeah. Yeah. What was your reaction, Kettle, when you heard about Kobe passing? I just didn't believe it. I'm like, Kobe Bryant? And, you know, I thought he was just you know, the only person that was on it, but eight other people, eight other lives, and then also his daughter, it just kind of took me for a loop. I just didn't believe it. I guess just something that you have to wrap your brain around. And, you know, a lot of people can't deal with loss, you know, can't continue on. Um, But life has to continue on. That's That's the bottom line, you know. They would, you know, the people that we've lost in our lives, they would want us to continue on. That's just, you know, life, death is a part of living. So people have to understand that. But it is hard when it does happen. So I was in just disbelief. I didn't believe it. Yeah, I was in total disbelief. I thought it was another one of these Internet hoaxes kind of things mm-hmm. or a horrible rumor. And I really didn't believe it. When I first heard it, someone called me and told me, and before I could even get into what I felt, I jumped online and turned to CNN at the same time, and I'm like, okay, let's see, is it on the news? Is it online? If I Google his name, does it come right up? And when all of those things checked all the boxes, I was like, oh, my God, is this really for real? 
what happened? And then, you know, the news started trickling in bit by bit, hour after hour. I was mm-hmm. floored. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, this cannot really be. It still doesn't feel real to me. I mean, obviously, I never met him. But just, you know, based on what we knew of him, it, it was such a tragedy that just came out of nowhere, you know. He wasn't ill or anything. And for the mm-hmm. other people, including his daughter and the other uh, young ladies and the other families that were on the helicopter, it was just a horrible tragedy to just like, bam, just hit you right upside your head out of nowhere. What was your initial reaction, Papa Didi? Yeah, it was it was a real shock to me as well. Trying to put it all together. I just you know at first I just felt like you know maybe they're mistaken because that was my, I think that was my second reaction. First reaction was shock. My second reaction was maybe they're mistaken. Maybe he he was not he and his daughter. Well, at the time at first I didn't hear anything about the daughter. I just heard. Kobe Bryant. So I thought, well, maybe they're mistaken. Maybe they thought he was on the helicopter, and maybe there were survivors, or maybe it was a different group of people, or something. You know, I just kept thinking, okay, well, there's got to be a mistake. I guess is that's what I'm trying to say. I didn't want to just accept it as a fact, so I kept thinking, okay, there's got to be a mistake. And I think so many times when we deal with loss, that's the way we deal with it. We think, okay, that can't be right. There's got to be a mistake. You know, maybe the information's wrong. Maybe the person who told you got the wrong person. That something is not quite right. And that's what we kind of hold on to because we don't want to accept the reality that We've lost somebody that we care about, whether you knew them personally or not. I go back to when Prince when Prince died. I never met him personally. I've seen him perform. Of course, I listened to his music. I, I felt like Prince was a member of my family, and I took it hard. I really did. I'm still struggling with it, truth be told. But... It just felt like first it was disbelief. Then I thought, okay, this has got to be a rumor. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And then when the reality started to sink in that, no, this is true. He's gone. I I didn't even know what to do with myself. And in the case of when you're dealing with someone who is in that group of celebrity. I don't know about anybody else, but I kind of chastised myself because I felt like I'm being silly for taking it so hard because I didn't know this man, but I still took it hard. And I think a lot of, you know, Kobe Bryant's fans, they took it hard. You saw people that were interviewed on the news. People were crying. People were just, they were outdone all the memorials and everything that have been left up there at the uh, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, people are taking it really hard. And I'm sure most of those people never met the man, but they still felt like they had a, a connection 
to him because of who he was and what he did, what he stood for, the things he accomplished, you know, all of that. It's just hard to accept the reality that someone that we really care about is not here anymore. I don't. I, I still don't know, you know, how do you really process that? That That's one of those things where you, you just have to figure out for each individual person, how do you process that after you get beyond the denial of it? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one day at a time, one day at a time. Yeah, that's true, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just think, you know, when it comes down to, uh, like in the case of Kobe, when you're talking about someone you don't know, but someone who you look up to, have a lot of respect for, or have some affinity toward that person, how do you know? How do you handle that? You know, it's it's one thing to sit back and say, "Oh wow, that's that's really sad," and all. But when you really feel a connection to somebody, and then you find out they're gone, and you didn't really have time to prepare for their departure, that's difficult. What do you think, Papa Diddy? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right on that. And everybody, you know, takes that whole, um, takes things different, you know, whether they handle it better or what have you. So never, you know, never judge how somebody handles somebody's death. If you see somebody bawling out over it or somebody not even shedding one tear, it doesn't mean it's just affecting people in different ways, you know. Absolutely. Because everybody, everybody has their own their own thing on there, their own beliefs. And, and actually what they take more serious than others, you know something they grab onto, you know. I mean, because, like, like myself, for example, um, I mean, the story of Kobe goes really back for me, you know, way, way back, you know, because uh, my brother uh, went to school with, with his father, who was Joe Bryant, and they came out of high school. They went to the same high school I went to, and they came out a year before I went into high school. So, you know, um, Kobe Bryant's father graduated from the same high school I did in Philadelphia. And um, I won't say the name, you know, once y'all be checking me out, trying to investigate everything and everybody. You don't want me to anyway, Google it. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't Google it. Anyway, so um, that situation started a while back between Joe Bryant and the high school affiliation and uh, Lower Marion. Lower Marion is a little town, a little suburban town on the other side of what they call Sea Line Avenue in the Philadelphia area. You have Sea uh, Line Avenue is the, almost like a Mason-Dixie line between uh, uh, money and and things like that in Philadelphia. It's over in an area called Balakinwood, which is where the news area, air, the news stations are, channels uh, ABC and CBS and all that. They all hang out on Sea Line Avenue, which is a big big metropolitan area, but it's also the Mason-Dixie line, the boundary line between what's called uh, Balakinwood in Philadelphia. And inside of Balakinwood, on the other side of Sea Line Avenue, you have what's called Lower Marion Township. And Kobe Bryant went to Lower Marion High School. 
So that's his connection to Philadelphia. He's from Philly, but he's, he's really across the tracks over in the suburban area of Philadelphia, over in Ballackinwood by way of uh, Lower Marion. So, and like I said, his father went to school in Philadelphia. And uh, so I, I knew that the, the, the Kobe Bryant story years ago with his father before Kobe was even born, you know, and because um, Joe Bryant was a star in our in my high school before I got there, but he was always a he was a legend in the high school. You go to high school and you see the, the Wall of Fame, you would see Joe Bryant and all, all the basketball accolades he had, and he played for the 76ers. And then after his career was over in in America, because he was he was a mediocre you know good to mediocre player. After that, he went over to Italy to, to play. You know, a lot of players went to Italy overseas to make money and play. Mm-hmm. And Kobe went with him after after Kobe uh, while Kobe was in like. Uh, middle age and junior high he was following his father over in Italy while his father was making a living over there playing ball that's where he learned to learn to hold his skills as a basketball player and uh, that's why you see him speaking different languages and everything because he learned the language as a young boy in Italy following his father so and so on and so forth so now uh, after he came back and went back to school when his father gave up basketball altogether in high school, he just became a phenom because over Nitley with his father, he learned to master the game, you know, took it real serious. And then uh, by 12th grade, when he was about to graduate, he said he was going to go in the NBA. He just forego the whole college thing when the NBA because his skills were so mastered. And uh, so he went straight from Lower Marion High School and he got uh, drafted to the, um, I believe first it was the Charlotte Hornets, so one of the teams, but then he got traded over um to the Lakers and, and the rest is history. So that's where he started with Joe Bryan, his father in Philadelphia and then going to Italy and then going to the Lakers. And he started the Lakers as a young boy, eighteen years old. Seventeen really seventeen going on eighteen. So the city of LA has seen Kobe grow up grow up from a little boy, you know? From a young boy. And that's why everybody just uh, gravitated to him, and he won championships and all the stuff that went on. I mean, you know, to win five championships is not shabby for a young boy out of Philadelphia, you know. So two MVPs, you know, 18 All-Star appearances, uh, two Olympic gold medals in 2008-2012. You know, I mean, he was stellar, 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 and it's so fitting right now for them to talk about Kobe because Kobe was a superstar. You know, I mean, you had you had uh, Michael Jordan, and then on the heels of Michael Jordan uh, retiring, even though Kobe did his thing, they were just people just amazed by watching him. But as far as accolades, the accolades went straight from Michael Jordan to LeBron James, and it kind of jumped over Kobe because Kobe was all about winning. He wasn't doing a lot of talking. He was just playing and winning. But now this situation with him being talked about every day and showing highlights of him is really, you know, it's really apropos because it's deservingly so. I mean, when you look at the highlights of Kobe, of him playing, you know, you see nothing but greatness. And his greatness has always been there, but Kobe never bragged about it, and that's why you don't see the emphasis on it now until it's made as a highlight. But, like, because it went straight from Michael Jordan to uh, LeBron James. But... Kobe was a beast. He was an absolute beast. And he's a winner. He's a champion, you know. Like I said, five-time world champion. 
not to mention the Olympic gold medals and, and everything else. So God bless his soul and his memory. Was you know, he on that dream team? Yeah. Two, oh, that was the Olympic teams. one. Okay. 2008 and yeah. 2012. Yep. So, went twice. Yep. So, yep. You know, Obi-Wan's the man. Everything they're saying about him is deservingly so. And then he won an Oscar. You know, for his book. Yeah. Or the, or the short film, the short, oh, whatever it was. Yeah, the, it was short, short film, film. the short film. The short film. Yeah. 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 So he's been. Yeah. Was it a children's mm-hmm. film? It was about playing. I know it was, it was about, about basketball. basketball. Something about the, the love of basketball. It was like five minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, he, he deservingly so, you know. And then the highlights of him pushing his daughter in the direction of what what she was doing mm-hmm. basketball-wise. And they they were playing on sending her to UConn to play. And I'm sure she would have made it to WNBA. And uh, and it would have been real because, you know, the bloodlines, just like um, LeBron James' uh, son playing basketball now, the bloodline is amazing, you know? Yeah. Some things really are genetic. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it mm-hmm. does. Serena Williams, you know, when uh, her daughter gets up there, I'm sure she'll oh, be whacking. That be it. I'm sure she'll be whacking a tennis ball. So you never know. And Tiger Woods children, you know, I mean, it's you know. Yeah, I've seen Tiger's son play. That boy's good. Yeah, well, he is very mm-hmm. good. All right, next Tiger in line. Um, the Oscar he won the um, film was a short film in 2018. For Dear Basketball, an adapter from a poem he published in 2015 on his retirement from the sport. So, and, oh, yeah, okay. interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're supposed to honor him on the um, Academy Awards just February the 9th when that comes up. So, should be interesting to see what they're going to do. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think some of the players, um, they had a game on the 28th. They postponed that until Tuesday. And I think they're going to wear um, the two numbers, Kobe's number and his daughter's number. I don't know what her number was. She was playing ball. Number two. Okay. Oh. So 24, 24 and 2. Yeah. Wearing that. Yep. Wow. It's be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. I was saying, like for me, is as difficult as this one was for me. My big celebrity loss was when Prince died. I just had such a hard time, and even now, sometimes it still creeps up on me because I just felt and still feel such a connection to Prince to his music, and I took it hard. I'm sure if anybody had seen me go through, they would have thought that I was related to him because it just, it hit me like 10 tons of bricks. It was just, it was a lot. And I think that I can relate to how some people feel about Kobe because if they felt about Kobe the way I felt or feel about Prince, I'm right there with you. You know, this was a devastating loss. Because in both cases, you know, it wasn't like someone had had a long illness or anything, just like out of the blue. 
you know, here today, gone tomorrow. That's always hard to deal with. So on the topic of loss, we want to dedicate tonight's show to a very good friend of ours. We call her family, beyond friend, Debbie Body. We lost her today. She was part of our pajama party family. And uh, this is another one of those that yeah. I, I, I just don't even have words. A real nice lady. I've known Debbie for, you know, some years. I don't even know how many years. Seems like Debbie was just always there. Debbie used to be a, a hairstylist at one point. I used to go to the salon. She would move from one salon to the next for various reasons. And I would be like, okay, so where are you this month? Yeah, she had no problem. And, yeah, she would pull up and roll out. And I would tell her, all right, give me the address. I'm coming to get my hair done. And she always took good care of me. She was good people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I'm still in the denial stage about about her not being with us anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have such fond memories of Debbie. Debbie was a fun-loving person. She loved life, and she loved laughter. When I think of Debbie, I think of her smiling. Debbie was always smiling. That, that's all I can say. I, I just, I don't know, Kettle. What's, what's your what's your fondest memory of Debbie? Oh boy, so many. <laughs> yep. Um, just so what's many. What's your Debbie you know, story? Think, Give us a Debbie story. Yeah, um, I was hanging out at uh, our good friend. Um, our little brother Eric's house, hanging out with him, and just like you said, her laughter and just her friendship. Mm. Yeah, kind of hard to speak on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a rough week, you know, to lose someone that means a lot to so many people. And then to lose someone right on the heels of that who means so much to us. It's just a lot. I I just don't know what else to say. Debbie, we miss you. We love you. I I can't talk on it anymore. Yeah. You got to take a little Susie break for a minute. It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show, and we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives, so send them a text, email them, or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more the merrier. 
or is it Misery Loves Company, or whichever. Tell them to call us up on 914-803-4306 if they just want to listen, or press 1 if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party Show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe. I tell you the truth. Y'all know you're so wrong for that. All right, welcome back to a John Party. Uh, one of your hosts, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Bonsoir. All right. Um, yeah, that was that. That last segment was pretty heavy, you know. Uh, yeah, Debbie was a really good friend of ours. Really, always positive. You know, the beautiful thing. Uh, just going into my uh, what's popping segment. You know, the beautiful thing about people that we really have to understand in life as we get older and as we get tighter with our friends, because you, you have to have a close-knit level of friends. You know, having flaky friends is not having friends at all, in my opinion. You have to shake them down like anything else, you know. Just like I always think about Michael Vick on how they sold him out long before he even got back to uh, the Virginia area. You know, he was out in California just got done the game and he was traveling and what have you and and when they were doing the dog fights in one of his houses you know and he has just recently came off a hundred million dollar contract being signed with the Atlanta Falcons and uh by the time he even got back to the Virginia area where the dog fighting was going on inside his house one of his friends has ratted, had ratted him out to the police in every every level of throwing him under the bus as you can mention so when he got back, he had nothing else to do but get the handcuffs on him and go to trial and get convicted and go to jail. Didn't get a chance to build a defense where his little friends just, just threw him all that ball. This is his house, his dogs, yada, 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 yada. Then Peter jumped in. And, and I'm saying all that to say that when you're going to have friends, the first thing you got to get in your friends is the trust of your friends. When you say things to them, you, you guys have to have a sacred conversation. Even if you have a lot of friends and you talk to that one friend in particular, everybody needs to hold to their heart what you share with them. If you're the kind of person that says, you know, you tell something between, you know, I'm going to say something between me and you, and next you know you can't wait to tell somebody else. And all of a sudden, if stuff gets back to people and get out, they know it came from you because you're the only person they told. So so being exposed, being exposed for being, uh, and if you're not ready, to hold your friendship with people sacred, then then you're not ready. You're just not ready. You know, we have to understand that grownness really has to do with what, with just what you are able to withstand as far as who you are as a person, the strength you hold and the confidence you hold with life and people. That's what being grown is all about. It ain't because your ass and grew up or you're over 18 years old. That don't mean jack. It really don't. You know, so stop thinking that when somebody yell out, oh, I'm grown. If you got to say I'm grown, your ass ain't grown, okay? Being grown is your actions, your maturity, and what you do with your life, your money, your time, your investments, what you do, how you take care of yourself, how you hold confidence in the people around you and what y'all, y'all hold secure and dear to you. But if you got a bunch of flaky-ass friends that can't wait to throw the gossip out there and, and to spread things and, and can't hold on to nothing and trusting a bunch of people that, that shouldn't be trusted. You should know in your life when you reach a certain pinnacle of maturity who you can trust. 
or who you can believe in, whether it be a group of people or even on your job. You should go around your job knowing who you don't want to know about what's going on. Like like the pajama party, hell. I mean, I think maybe one or two people may know on my job because I don't trust the rest of them motherfuckers. Just straight up, excuse my language, but I'm just saying, you know, you look and analyze people, and if you don't believe in them, you don't trust them, then fuck them. Don't tell them your internal shit. And you know the people you told, so if they do find out, then you know who to go to who actually told them, you know. And you got to stay strong with that. And I'm, and I'm speaking with aggression in my voice for a reason. If you can't trust and believe in your friends, you don't need their asses. That's just the, that's just the whole nine because we have very personal things that happen to us in our world. We have very sacred things that we may be going through. And we go to share that with people we call our friends. We expect that the, the information we give them to be safeguarded and not to be, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you know, that's what that told me that she going through some shit with her husband. Oh, my God. I knew they were all fucked up. Anyway, you know, when people are leaking out your shit to somebody else, they were, they were fucked up from the beginning. And when you do find out how fucked up somebody is, drop them like a hot goddamn potato and keep it moving. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things out here that you, after a while you'll learn that you need to go to the right mechanic. You need to go to the right this one. You don't need to go to the right travel agent. Yeah, after a while, you're going to realize that you're going to need to go to the right people to get the right shit done. You'll realize that after a while. And right now, I could tell you who I go to to get my car fixed. I could tell you who I go to to get my hair cut, who I get my beard trimmed, who I get this, who get that. Different people for me do different things because I have narrowed my life down to I need the best people to do the best shit. It's just that simple. So I'm going to leave that alone. Anyway. All right. That's for All right. Um, I didn't really have too much for I'm just saying tonight. I was trying to find a woman's name. Speak on it. Speak on it. I, I can't find a woman's name, but there was uh, a reporter for uh, with MSNBC who was covering the Kobe Bryant story about his passing. And mm-hmm. she said uh, she was referring to, she was trying to say, the L.A. Lakers, but somehow it came out of her mouth, the L.A. niggers. Now, when she said it, yeah, this was live on the air. I wish I could, I can't think of a woman's name, a blonde woman. I can't think of her name, but I, I grabbed the audio clip, and it's looped like three times. And I kept playing it because it's looped because I wanted to hear it over and over like, is it possible she said what she claimed she said? She said she got tongue-tied, and she claimed she said the L.A. Lakers, like Lakers with the letter N, N-A-K-E-R-S. And I keep listening to it like Nakers and niggers just does not sound the same. A and, and I, A-I is two different vowel sounds. So for you to say... No, no, what I said was the nakers because I got tongue-tied. What I hear and what everybody else who heard it, we all heard you said the L.A. niggers. That's what we heard. Um, I, I didn't upload the clip to, you know, to our studio thing to do it properly. 
But I'm going to try to just put it up to the speaker so you can hear it for yourself. Hopefully you'll be able to hear it and hear it clear enough and just see what you think. And it's going to loop like maybe three or four times. So you're going to hear her say the same thing about three times. But the point I'm getting at is I'm really tired of people doing this stuff and feeling like, oh, it's just a slip of the tongue. Everybody relaxed. It's okay. Why y'all getting all so hyped up? So who was this person? I mean, he was a reporter like for, with MSNBC. I don't know the woman. I've never oh. seen her before. But when I watched the clip, you can find it online. Okay, I'm going to see if I can play it and see if it sounds okay so you can hear it. Like she's saying, perfectly cast on the Los Angeles niggers, a uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Right. You did not say nakers. You said niggers. So okay. apparently that's what was in her mind, and it came out of her mouth. So all I'm saying is, I'm just saying, when you get on the air, you get that microphone. I understand we all get tongue-tied sometimes. We trip over our words. But there's just certain words that you don't trip over unless that's in your mind and in your heart to say in the first place. Mm-hmm. To say L.A. Lakers wow. and it didn't come out right, to say you said L.A. Nakers, but it came out sounding like L.A. Niggers, I'm like, girl, please, that's what you said. And then she came back and issued a statement talking about, no, I didn't say that. I would never say anything like that. I just slipped. I was trying to say Lakers, and it came out Nakers, and and I would never say anything like that. People need to get up off of me. You know, she, that was her uh, her response was like, oh, I would never say anything like that. Oh, no, I'm not that kind of person. Her name is Allison Morris. Thank you. That's her. Mm-hmm. Allison Morris. 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 But you have to look at, I guess, the person itself. Look at their background, where they came from. I'm not saying it's justifying what she said, but like you said, it's just the things that, that goes on in people's minds. And so what are we going to do? We're going to suspend her? I think she ought to be. Well, put it this way. I don't have any power to suspend her. But I can sure put her on the kiss it list. Okay, that's all we can do. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's see. Move on. Let's move on. We're going to hit uh, the weird news? We can do that. Yeah, we can do some weird yeah. news. Um, yeah. You're lightening up a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I'm just saying, Allison, I got my eye on you. Because Red Wine's ready to whoop this woman's ass. That's way she's talking about. Uh, yeah, you let me catch her when she get off. I know. I ain't never seen Red Wine. And, 
you're normally like, you know, powder puff and, and, you know. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. You ain't giving her no benefit of the doubt. That heifer said L.A., the Los Angeles niggas. Yeah, and I never even heard you say it like that. She definitely got underneath your skin, Redwine. Yeah, I appreciate that. I got to watch you the next couple days. You better not (laughs) get a case. Okay, weird news. Uh, Let's see. I got one out of Kansas City. Emergency responders were called to a Kansas City home where a surprise resident discovered a six-foot snake hiding inside their couch. Wow. Uh, Butler County Fire District Number 3 said firefighters responded Monday to assist the Rose Hill Police Department with the unusual call. A resident reported finding a large boa constrictor hiding inside their couch. The residents said they had lived in the duplex for four years and that they were not aware of any missing snakes in the neighborhood. What kind of neighborhood is this? Police and firefighters said they don't know where the snake came from and they're hoping that the apparent escaped pet owner will come forward. So I guess this is like not an abnormal event, but a six-foot boa constrictor, those things will choke you to death. And where was the snake in the couch, you said? Yeah, it was hiding in the couch. A six-foot boa constrictor. Oh, boy. Hiding in the couch. Okay. Moving on. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. It had to come out of Kansas City. <laughs> that's who's playing I on tell Sunday. You. Oh, boy. Yeah. Out of Kansas. Over to you, All Papa Needy. Right. What you got for us? I got here that a man stirs a pot by uh, lighting a joint in court. This was in Lebanon, Tennessee. Um, uh, the rapper Afro Man famously sang about how getting high on marijuana prevented him from going to court. So in lieu of that, a Tennessee man decided to combine the two when he uh, lit a marijuana cigarette in the courtroom, authorities said. This guy's name was Spencer Allen Boston. He was 20 years old. He was arrested Monday and charged with a disorderly contact and simple possession of a controlled substance after sparking up a joint in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilson County Sheriff, Sheriff uh, Robert Bryan said that uh, the gentleman, Boston, was in court Monday on a simple drug possession charge. Boston approached the bench. <laughs> to, yeah, they would repeat this here. Boston, the gentleman, lit the joint. He approached the bench and decided his sentence to decide his sentence but instead of expressing his views on why the judge should go easy on him, he lit up a joint before talking to the judge. And the sheriffs apprehended him, no less, and um, and put him in jail for contempt oh of court, God. and he has a further court date to follow concerning that. That man's just out of his mind. 20 years old. Yeah, he, yeah he's uh, tripping. Yeah, in Tennessee, no less. Tennessee, you're going to light up a joint in court. Okay. And right. marijuana is not legal in Tennessee or Kentucky, Mm-mm. which is right next to one another. And he's smoking in the courtroom. Yeah. I guess he was taunting the judge, like, yeah, what you going to say now? Mm. Yeah, lock him up. That's it. Yeah, it is. Um, I got an interesting one. Egyptian 3,000-year-old mummy. Speaks after landmark vocal cord reconstruction. <laughs> I don't think I want no mummy talking uh-huh. to me. Scientists were able to create a 3D replica of the vocal tract 
of a 3,000-year-old Egyptian high priest, Nemesis, uh, as a mummified body, has been on display in the U.K. for the last 200 years. So, like I said, it sounds like a sci-fi movie or or the the movie of the mummy. Um, A team of scientists behind the Voices of the Past initiative with the goal of reconstructing the voices, voices of the ancients uh, to better understand and connect with them. So they use this electronic device, it's a CT scan and 3D printing. They were able to hear this particular king speak and hear the pitch of how he might have spoken in real life. Okay. Are you serious? I don't think I want to hear that. You can stay dead and be gone. <laughs> I don't give a rabbit's ass. Holy moly, what the hell is that shit? <laughs> yep. I mean, for real, I mm-hmm. we know what mummies sound like. We saw the movie with Brandon Frazier. Brendan, what's his name? Frazier, the mummy. Brendan Frazier, yeah. But yeah, I guess we know what they sound like. Well, not per se the mummy, but I guess this particular king, um, they said he, 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 he liked to sing and, you know, different things. So I guess they were trying to get his Vocal tracks. Oh I don't my know. Gosh. These seem like these scientists have nothing else to do. <laughs> but <laughs> I was going to say, somebody had too much time on their hands to come up with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You I know agree what? With you. Yeah. That takes us to the Kiss It list, and I'm putting them on the top of it. Everybody oh, involved in that project of trying to get this mummy to, to talk, sing, or whatever. You're on the kiss it list this week because that's some foolishness. Yeah, that is crazy. That's nothing I've heard of before, but if that's what you have time for, go for it. I won't be in the same room with that mommy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Also, we have mm-hmm. Allison Morris, the woman who said the L.A. niggers and tried to claim she didn't. You're lying you healthy, you did say it. Yeah, you're on the kissing list. I gotta watch list. you, Red Wine Boy. You about to attack I'm gonna punch one. her in her throat if I see her. But anyway, no, I'm not. Uh-huh. Only in my mind. I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. Also, we got Spencer Boston, the dude that decided he's gonna light up a joint in the courtroom when you're in there on a drug possession charge. You're just an idiot. Uh, who else we got? Oh, the Republicans. For all of this grandstanding, and I can't even begin to name all the reasons why they're on the kiss it list. But I think yeah, it's a waste of time. Yeah, you're wasting the whole country's time. Y'all know he's wrong, and some of them even came right out and said, yes, he did it, but I'm still not going to vote in that, you know, to, to bring in witnesses and whatnot. Let's just move on. Yeah, that's... That just that, that's the number one thing on the kiss list because, I mean, going forward, man, the people that go to trial or the people that have gone to jail for years for mediocre evidence against them, or people that was arrested, I mean, went to jail for years and didn't do the crime where DNA had the freedom twenty, thirty years later, and you didn't even bring in the right evidence in order to free this person, you sent them in jail just to satisfy the families. But you didn't really you didn't really do the case like you're supposed to. But this situation here where where Trump is getting people to like not speak 
or, man, you're running scared for real, for real. And uh, people need to drop the power, take the tie off his ass, and go down to the reality of what this is really about. You can't stop looking at people like they're so uh, famous and so celebrity and so, uh, you know, he got so much going on that you forget about just how fucked up he really is, you know. And and I'm not speaking on him per se, just a person, period, that done, done a bunch of crap and all. At some point, it's got to stop. And when you got people around you that's protecting that, you know, that's when it gets really ugly. When you got all these Republicans, nobody got the balls to come out and say that I'm not with this. I even saw the, the black gentleman, the black uh, senator that hangs out with the uh, uh, the different ones up there. He's up there talking like them. I'm like, my brother, are you fucking mm. kidding me? With the, the stuff that, that your your people been through, been bamboozled. And he's and this is a you know a, you probably Good seen wing. him, the tall dark skinned brother with the the the, the ball head haircut. Bland. I don't know where he's from, but we gotta we gotta check him out. I mean, he's he's up there doing the same talk that Mitch we'll McConnell's doing list. and all, but it's not about the list with him. I'm just pissed off at him because this man is following suit with the bullshit. And what do you have to gain to this? You know, I mean, have you secured your family that strong where you took everybody out of the hood and everybody's all suitable and situated now where you can go up in D.C. and act like a complete asshole knowing you got your mother down there in the inner city some goddamn where that you ain't representing worth a shit? You up there kissing Trump's ass for your own personal gains and selling yourself the down the river. You know, I mean, it's just it's just amazing. I mean, I mean, just as life, because we were talking earlier about the you know, world of people. We only we live and we die. And what we do in, in the in-between time is what the reflection is of our life. And for you to be up there boasting Trump based on what you're trying to not have Trump do. When did Trump get so much power? Just like I was talking about Kobe, and I'll keep this real short. Like I was talking about Kobe earlier about him always being back at um, Lower Marion High School. Me being from Philadelphia, I knew Trump a long time ago when Trump was messing around with trying to get in the NFL, trying to get an NFL team, and he wouldn't let him in the NFL. Trump did all kind of stuff up in New York, and he was doing this and that, buying different buildings and everything. Then that whole Atlantic City scandal that came when he was fighting against that little old lady that kept her house in the middle of casinos he was trying to build, mm-hmm. and he he smacked her all in the face wow. trying to knock her house down so he can connect his, his hotels. Come on now. I've been doing A lot of people that are big Trump supporters right now are just meeting Trump for the first time. Trump been raising hell for years. Don't get it twisted. Anyway. Well, also, I'd like to add Prince Andrew on the kiss list. Oh, yes. For being the freak of the way that you are. Mm-hmm. And we have the cop that shot that brother seven times in Maryland while handcuffed. He's on the list. I think that's everybody for this week. You got anybody else? Um, yeah. Uh, hey, Trump. Trump's always on the list. Okay, well, 45, you're on the list. All right, well, we got a prize. Kelly, you got anybody else? No, that's it. Mm-mm. Just that whole Senate. Don't put the whole Senate on there for voting like they did. We, yeah. Did we put the whole Senate yeah, on there? Yeah, I said all of the Republicans, but it's really all of them. All right, well, this but all right, we got a prize for everybody on this week's Kiss It List and Kiss My Empire Kiss My Ass. 
All right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Bonsoir, bonsoir. All right, all right, all right. So, yeah, very, very somber night on a lot of fronts. Um, you know, uh, losing our friend Debbie and we just, uh, you know, just the whole situation this, this whole week with that helicopter crash uh, last Sunday morning at that, that Woke everybody up on early Sunday morning, and um, who knew that they were going into their demise when they all laughing, joking, and smiling and got on that helicopter all together, not knowing that there would be a ill thing. We just, uh, but uh, my 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 closing word now. I might as well go right into that. My my closing word tonight is that. Like we said earlier, when it comes to uh, people you care about, is the way you, the strength that you get behind it. Me, the fact that I sing, I was I was hurting myself like she was talking about over Prince. I was hurt when Maurice White went over Earth Wind and Fire because I, I like I, I do a lot of Earth Wind and Fire music when I do sing, as well as recently when James Ingram passed away, that affected me too because I've sang a lot of James Ingram songs. And uh, those two people, see Maurice White and James Ingram, as far as celebrity is concerned, that, that affected me greatly because these are two people I followed for a long time. You know, Maurice White, the Earth, Wind & Fire, and James Ingram with his duets with Patty Austin, all that stuff was just so classic, 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 that it just blew my mind when I knew that James Ingram wasn't here no more, which was my man for real. So I just want to say God bless uh, everyone out there. You know, like Ellen says, be kind to one another. I'll pass it on to you, uh, Red Wine. I just want to say, I know it hurts when you lose someone. It won't hurt forever, but sometimes it hurts for a long time. And we just have to do our best to keep the legacy alive of the people that we love and respect and honor. You know, do do what you can to keep their legacy alive. I think that's the best way we can honor their memory. So, Debbie, we're going to keep your legacy alive to honor you. We love you. And we love you, Kobe. And uh, that's all I have. Over to you, Kettle. Oh, my, my last word goes out to Debbie's family, brother, two sons, um, aunts, uncles, cousins, just the whole family. And just keep her family and Kobe's family in prayer. And uh, it's been a pleasure knowing Debbie. That was my last word. Yeah, it really has been. All right. Well, we just want to thank everybody for hanging out with us tonight. We do appreciate your time and attention. Uh, Let's see. Thank DC Homegrown, our parent company, for keeping us on the air. We love you guys. We appreciate you so much. And uh, we'll do it again next Friday night. Uh, don't forget to check out the website at apajamaparty.com and uh, dchomegrown.com to see what they're up to. Uh, again, we thank you so much. Um, we're about to get up out of here. Say good night, Papa. Good night, everybody. And uh, this is Ray Wine saying good night. Say good night, Kevin. Good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll do it again next month, first uh, Friday in February. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl. I hope the team you're rooting for wins. Go Kansas City. Either way, have a good time.
but be safe out there. We'll see you next Friday. Peace out. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Jabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Good night.